All right, if all the rowdy people can come back. How are we doing? Oh, my. We got to work on that. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. That's right. Sound like somebody's having an anniversary. Yeah, I heard that. It's like, woo, yeah. Oh, you meant about how, like, now. Oh, yeah, go, Paul. Yeah, that's right. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. I'm surprised y'all aren't snapping with me yet. That was your cue. Man, we got work to do in this place. Seriously. So how you doing? Good. I was just giving you one more chance. Um, listen, we are, for those of you that are here for the first time, um, we are in a series called Under Construction. We've been in this series for the last four Sundays. This is our fifth Sunday, and we're wrapping it up today. It's always a little bit awkward when you come on the end of a series because you're going to hear me say what I say every time. And, I feel like, and, I'm, and I'm not just making this up. This is really legitimately true. Every time we get done with a series, I find myself thinking, this was my favorite series. I mean, I just loved, and I loved this Under Construction series. There's just something about, um, I guess, maybe seeing some kind of purpose in how and what God's doing in our lives, seeing the progression of what he's doing in our lives. I mean, all of us realize that we're under construction anyway, right? I mean, some people, and you know them, there are people in our lives that feel like they're perfect, right? But most of us, we, rec- we can recognize right away, yeah, I'm, I'm not done yet. Right, I'm still, there's still some stuff getting worked out. And so for me, just the hope that comes in this kind of a series, it just, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm like everybody else, and, and I'm under construction. They're under construction. We're kind of all under, under construction together. Um, so what I want to do this morning before we just kind of wrap it up is just kind of bring you up to speed, maybe kind of, you know, where we've been the last few weeks. Really want to make sure that you get what we've been talking about this entire time. So from, from the very beginning, what do we talk about that very first week? It's not even a point in starting to construct a house if we've got the wrong set of plans, right? And so who's got the best plans for our lives? Well, it ain't us, right? I mean, I don't want to be too bold here, but I'll just go out on a limb and say that if we're breathing, we have a really good gift of messing things up. When we take the control and do it our way, it tends to not end well, And so we learned in that first week that God's got the best plans. He's got a blueprint for our lives, and we would be wise to just hire him on as the master builder and say, you know what, we trust you. You go ahead with your plan and build it in our lives. The second week we talked about what do you have to do, what do you have to have when you're building a house? You have to build it on a strong, some of you are thinking, a big bank account. That also helps, right? That also helps. But you got to have that strong foundation, right? So you've got to, you've got to dig down. You've got to find that solid, that solid ground so you can pour that slab. You can, you can have a solid foundation, and that's, that's the Word of God. And it's not just the Word of God, but we learned that it's obeying the Word of God. It's hearing it and then doing it, and that's what gives us a strong foundation. Week three was maybe the weirdest week. We talked about walls. Um, we talked about that the way that walls are put up around a house, they kind of give it a unique place. I told you that, that week that Wendy hates cookie-cutter homes, right? She hates to be in a neighborhood where every house looks the same. And so the walls are what make us distinct. Um, I can give you two distinct walls about our church right away. One of them you just noticed and, and the other one you noticed earlier. Every Sunday when we come here and we have worship, we have children in worship with us, right? Now, I was raised in church, 
That's a distinct wall. Not every church is like that. I'm not knocking other churches. I'm just saying this is who we are, right? We love the family being together for worship. So when worship's over, the kids kind of go out. But we are always going to have all kinds of ages of people in this room. We love that. Here's something else that's distinct. We're in a bar. Have you noticed that? See, we're in a bar, and not only are we in a bar, we're in a bar that has big windows in the front. So I know every time a car goes by with a Confederate flag, because all your eyes go out that window, right? You just like, you, somebody stops, if somebody stops at that light, and they got a little jam going, your head's starting to, we, that's just kind of who we are. Like, we're downtown Albemarle. We've been downtown Albemarle ever since we started the church. We love it downtown. We know that it can be distracting. We know there's things going on. But, you know, we have emergency personnel come every now and then. Like, we just, you know, we have crazy stuff happens. It's, it, but it's who we are. Those are walls that make us distinct. It doesn't make us better. It just makes us distinct. And then last week we talked about turning on the power. And that's really critical I mean, who wants to pay all the money to build a house, get it painted, move in, and have no power? It's, it's unlivable, right? So we talked last week about just systems and spirit and, like, the things that we have in place so that we can, we can get along together and grow together. But then also, like, not just having systems, but you got to have power. Like, it's good to have a, wires going behind the walls, but when you flip the switch, what would you like to have happen? Yeah, you like the lights to come on, right? You like air conditioning to happen, heat to happen. So that's all the power of the Holy Spirit. That's kind of where we are today. And now today is the last day, and this is the moment we've all been waiting for because now it's time to decorate the house. Now this is good and a little scary because what I've learned is when you let people decorate a house, you run into all kinds of styles, don't you? Now, I'm going to give you a few examples. Um, now, I, don't, I could have picked any room in the house, but I went with a room that we can all relate to, the bathroom, right? And so it, I found some, some examples online of signs that people have put up in their bathrooms. Now, these are all decorative choices that they have made. You may not have made the same choices, but you'd be wrong, okay? So let's check a few of them out. Here's one. I love this one. Um, there's a sign behind the toilet that says, please wait to be seated. Is that not fantastic? That is so, so good. I'll read them over here in case you can't quite see them. Um, this one says, do not flush paper towels, sanitary products, tissues and wipes, kittens and puppies, hopes and dreams. Thank you. I love these. And again, you might not hang these in your house, but please remain. <laughs> Isn't that so good? Please remain seated during the entire performance. This is a theater parent of a young boy, right? This is who this is. Um, this is from a mom on the back of the, the toilet seat. Please put the seat up to pee and down for me. Right now, moms are like, where do we find that one, right? And it, I, I mean, do I even need to comment on that one? Is that not the best bathroom sign ever? Um, listen, you're, um, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage because you're the 11 o'clock service, so the 9 o'clock's already heard this. I have a shirt that I have yet to purchase, but I want it so badly. And I told the first service, if somebody wanted to buy it for me, I would wear it when I preach. And it is a, um, and I think it's happening, so there's it's this T-shirt. It's a legitimate T-shirt of a stick figure doing this. 
and it says, I pooped today. I, I just, I don't know why I'm fixated with that, but I just am today, right? So these are all decorative choices. I think somebody's already ordered it for me, but if you'd like to order it as well, I will just rotate them weekly. It's no problem. Um, I'll be regular. I felt like I got more than I should have gotten on that one. I felt like that was a good one, and you should have really applauded me. Um, <laughs> I'm a, we're on a roll. <sighs> Sorry. First time guest. It was great having you. <laughs> Hope you come back. Um, okay, so, so obviously what I want you to see is that when it comes to decorating, right, when it comes to decorating, we all have different styles. We all have different, you know, some of you are country charm. What is that? All right. Some of you are, um, that's all I knew. I don't have any others. Um, like, you know, fancy, <laughs> country charm and fancy. That's, all, that's my whole life decorating, right? You're either country charm or fancy. Um, but not only that, not only are there different styles, but let's be honest, some of us are good at it and some of us, eh, not really, right? I mean, I'm going to lose my man car today, just giving you a heads up. I like HGTV. I really love watching HGTV. I love the big reveals. I love, and I really like Fixer Upper, right? So, oh, I see some, some people in some people in here who know that we're recording this, going to put it online later, and you were making your voice loud, so they'll come to your house. I see what was going on here, right? But here's what I've learned. Not everybody is Joanna Gaines. I don't know how she does it, right? She goes to the antique shop, and then you walk in for the reveal, and it's like, oh, my. See? I told you. See? <laughs> Distinctive walls at her church. You're like, what's that dog doing? It's a stuffed animal, people. She goes to this antique store, and she finds, like, junk. Like, if I went to that same antique store and set that stuff in my, in my house, you would walk in and be like, there are rats here somewhere. But she finds it, and she sets it up, and they walk in, and they're like, oh, wow. And all of us are watching it going, where do I send pictures of my house? So she'll do that for me, right? Some people are really good at decorating. Other people, and I've only got two pictures to show you. Don't go, don't, don't go to it yet. I want to just make this quick, quick disclaimer. I went on Google to find these pictures. If this is your house, I'm sorry, okay? But you're not Joanna Gaines. So here, let's just check it out. Not everybody does as good a job at decorating. Um, holy cow. I mean, like this is somebody really loves pink or Pepto-Bismol. One of the two, right? Something's happening in this picture. I'm not sure what. And I think we have one more. Do we have one more? Listen, there's butterfly kisses. And then there's this room, right? This is a butterfly fist slap thingamajig, whatever. This is bad. So I, I looked at that picture, and here's the first thing I thought. If Sydney had ever gone through this, this phase where she said, Dad, I love, 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 love butterflies. I want to have a butterfly room. Even I would not have done that, right? <laughs> that is bad, Right? So why, why all this talk about, about decoration? Because today it's time to decorate, and here's, i got three, three things to tell you, three truths about decorations. And the first one is super, super important because of the pictures that we just looked at. We know that not everybody's gifted at decorating, okay? And if you are gifted at it, we have a place for you, right? You can help us make the next building look fantastic, but it's not my gift. But the, the best, maybe the best point in all these three is that we're decorated by God. Now, God 
is a good decorator. God knows what he's doing. He is the master builder. Now, we're going to be in two places. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, it's in the New Testament. Um, it's somewhere like six book in the New Testament. You can turn there, and it will also be in um, 1 Peter. And so just those two spots, um, 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter 2, I think, is where we'll be most of, most of the time that we're reading today. But here's what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. Love this verse. It says, hold on, I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, my goodness. I'm totally in the wrong spot. Oh, here we go. First Corinthians 12, 18. I found it. For, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, placed them in the body. Now, listen. Let me explain why that's so important. The Greek word for placed, some translations will say arranged. The Greek word is found in another scripture. It's in Revelation. Revelation Chapter 1, verse 17, is, in, John is describing things that are going to happen at the end times, right? So I don't know how you are with, um, on the clumsy meter. Some of you are clumsy, and you, um, you can trip over nothing, right? Um, I don't personally believe that angels trip. I don't believe that God trips. I, I believe that in, in Revelation chapter 1, it says this, that an angel is going to come down. He's going to have scrolls, and he's going to plant, it's a pretty good word, plant his foot in a river, and then he's going to plant his other foot on the ground, on the land. And that's a big angel, right? And the word for plant is the same word that's right here in Corinthians. So when it says that God arranged the parts of the body, when he placed the parts of the body, when he decorates the body, you're part of that body. And when he puts you where you are, he didn't do it by accident. He didn't trip as he did it. And, oh, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just kind of throw it over here. No, he's got an intentional place for you. He is a good decorator. God's not decorating this house of our faith and it coming out like that pink room, right? He's got a good plan. And when he arranges us, he puts us exactly where he wants us to be. He's decorating the house with gifts. And that's the second thing that I want you to remember today. Not only are we decorated by God, but we're decorated with gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read starting in verse 27. It says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Man, I love that God wants variety in the way that he decorates. Can you imagine how boring your house would be if every room was decorated the exact same way. Same paint color on the wall, same flooring, same pictures, right? That means that you would have a toilet in your kitchen, which is weird but also somewhat multitaskable, right? For all of you efficient type A people, I could eat as I'm sitting. Wow, that's amazing. 
What's crazy is I'm seeing some of the men here, they're like writing it down. Like I didn't get much out of the sermon, but toilet in the kitchen, check. And God loves variety. He does not, he doesn't have, we're not all looking the same. He's, he's, he's placing different gifts in different parts of the house. This is how he decorates his house. He decorates us with gifts. And I, I love how he doesn't take, um, maybe you've done this, I hope not, but he doesn't take old things and put them in new things. I knew a man who got a brand new convertible, brand new. It was snazzy. It was like, I think it was Volvo. It was convertible, and it was like one of those fancy cars. It had windshield wipers for the headlights. I don't know why headlights need windshield wipers, but it had windshield wipers on the headlights. I think that's just one of those things where you're just like, I have them because I can, and you don't. Ha, <laughs> right? Brand new convertible, and he took all of the old stuff from his old car and moved them into the brand new convertible. So in a couple weeks, no more new car smell. Old car smell. Listen, I'm glad that God doesn't do that with us. Um, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this in the first verse. And, and the reason why it's important context-wise is because in verses 4 and 5, we're going to find that God's talking about building a house. We're under construction. This is the house that he's building. And before he even moves us in, look what he says. Therefore, rid yourselves of malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. What is he saying? Don't take the old furniture, the old decorations into the new house. I'm building a new house. Let's decorate it with some new stuff. Now, I don't know what your life was like before Jesus. I know what mine was like before Jesus. I don't want to decorate my new house with my old life. I want new stuff. And he decorates us with new things. He does not do hand-me-downs. Now, I never got hand-me-downs, not because I'm the oldest, but because I'm the oldest boy. So Laura did not give me her hand-me-downs. Hallelujah. I mean, I dressed like a girl three times in my life. Once because she dressed me up, shame on her. Twice because of powder puff, and just stuff happens at powder puff, right? And I was a cheerleader, and it was all cool, whatever. I didn't get her hand me. That would have been weird, right? But if you're, a, if you're a second, third, fourth child, and you have a sibling that's older than you that's the same sex as you, you know what hand-me-downs are like. You know what it's like when your parents say things like, oh, it's fine. It's just a little stain. Yeah, in the butt. I don't want that, right? <laughs> Come on, Mom, buy me some new drawers. I don't want hand-me-downs. That's like, ugh. Man, listen, God does not do hand-me-downs. He doesn't recycle your old junk. He's made you new. He's building a new house, and he decorates it with new gifts. I love that. He gives us a new life. He decorates our house. Sometimes he 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 rearranges it. Can, Can I just be really honest here? Decorating a house... Sounds really cool. And usually we like the end result. But you have to embrace certain realities. One, you have to embrace that it's work. 
And sometimes you, you get to the final arrangement of the decorations by putting them in the wrong place first. Any man in the house who has heard the words, can we try the couch on the other wall? You know that arranging things in a house is work. I mean, come on. How many times have you been in this position with you're out with you're holding a huge like piece of artwork over the couch just as she decides if it's centered and looks good? How's it looking, baby? Are we good? Yeah, that's hard. And then after all that, she goes, uh, can we try it on the other wall? Sure. Right? It's crazy. That's fun. That's fun right there. It's just it's a great look for me, I know. I pick, a, I pick a, a frame every Sunday to make the frame for the video, and this week it's going to be that. I'm sure of it. How's it looking? Picture, I mean, picture, right? It's crazy. It's hard work. And so you're going to have to embrace the fact that arranging parts requires moving parts. God decorates a church with gifts. And because of that, the third point is so important. We're decorated by God. We're decorated with gifts. We're decorated through grace. Listen, grace gets us in the house, and grace keeps us in the house. You're not building the house. We're not that good, right? We're not building the house. God's building the house. And he invites us into the house through grace. Romans, Romans chapter 5. Let me read this to you. Therefore, Paul writes, since we have been justified through faith, this is verse 1, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. Now listen, that's the point. Grace gets us in the house. But grace keeps us in the house. What's he, what does he say next? By faith into this grace in which we now stand. It takes grace to decorate a house. I promise you. When this is you and then it changes, that takes grace, right? Like, are you serious? Like, do you know how long I've been holding? I have a cramp in my back, my forearms, and other places. And you want me to move it? I mean, but that's not what you If you think that, what you say is, yes, dear, right? That takes grace. Not to snap at each other. It takes grace when you were hung in a good place and God decided that he would need you over here so that he could put another picture there. <laughs> you're like, I would never say that. Well, that's how churches turn into places that say stuff like, you're sitting in my seat. Uh, what? Your seat? Uh, that's my ministry uh, I teach that class oh this is my pulpit we, we get so attached to the place and then God who's the master decorator decides he wants to change it up a little bit friction right 
It requires grace. It requires grace. As God is arranging and putting things where he wants them to be. Back in 1 Corinthians 12. By the way, if you're looking for something to read this week in your quiet time, 1 Corinthians 12, great, great chapter. Just about gifts and how we're supposed to get along. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, let's look at starting verse 14. It says, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Listen, here's what he's saying. I'll just sum it up. If a part of the body says, I don't like the part, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not the part of the body that I want to be, they're still a part of the body. They're just a part of the body that's hard to get along with. They're a grumpy part of the body, right? But they're still part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But here we are back at that same verse we read earlier. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Man, that takes a lot of trust that God is going to put you where he wants you to be. Quick story, and then we'll start to land this thing. My grandparents on my dad's side lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. They were proud to live in Knoxville, Tennessee. They were volunteer fans. Any volunteer fans in the house? Okay, it's almost like we're not in Tennessee. So they were big on two things. They were big on anything Knoxville, and they were big on giving the, what we would come to call as grandma and the granddad gifts, right? Just not the best gifts, right? They weren't the best gift givers, but they would always give, um, and they've gone on to be with Jesus now, so, you know, they've received their greatest gift, right? Um, it's all good. But they, they would, as they got older, they would give um, their sons and, and daughter and, and spouses, like, the same present. And so 1984... Big year in Knoxville, Tennessee, because they hosted the World's Fair. Now, if you've ever been to a World's Fair, you know what they do every year. I mean, every time they have a World's Fair is the city builds something spectacular that's never been before and never will be again. And so at Knoxville, it was called the Sun Sphere. It was this huge thing that went way up in the sky, a big golden dome thing around on top. It was crazy, right? So they're super proud of it because it's Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's the World's Fair. So that December... They, we were at their, their house for, for Christmas, and they asked all of their, their children and respective spouses to stand up, and they gave them these big, I mean, they were, they were like huge, like this tall. They gave them these presents to open. And now I don't know how you are, but big present, I'm in, right? I mean, like, if it's big, it's got to be good, right? You, you could wrap up, like, a pack of gum and put it in a huge box and give it to me, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome, <laughs> I'd, I'd be disappointed with the gum, but it would be awesome opening it, right? So when they're holding these gifts, I'm sorry if I'm spitting on you, by the way. Um, when they're holding these gifts, I'm like the kid going, oh, this is going to be great. And they ripped open the paper, and my grandparents had given all of their children a, a framed panoramic picture of the world's fair. Sun sphere prominently displayed in the middle. Now, that's kind of a weird present, but we'll go with it, right? This is the thought that counts. But they, they had gone another step further because the panoramic picture of the World's Fair, not good enough, 
No, no, no. There's another level. And so what they did was they got a typewriter, and they typed on small pieces of paper labels of every featured part of the World's Fair, and they glued those to the bottom of the picture, and then they took out a snazzy ruler and drew a straight line from the label to the picture where the, that part of the thing was in the picture, and even put a little arrow on the end. They ruined. If you can ruin a panoramic picture of the World's Fair, they did. Okay. Again, the great people, thought counts, whatever. We came home from Knoxville, Tennessee, you know, five and a half hour trip. Now it's like four because of speed limits, but whatever. We came home the whole time, like just as a family, total, total shock. What just happened at Grandma and Granddad's house? I mean, can we go back to the umbrellas with the stuck on monogram letters? That was even so much better. But what just happened with the World's Fair panoramic picture? Nobody even knows. And so we get home, and, you know, we know where that picture goes. Closet somewhere, right? It's in a closet somewhere until grandmother and granddad came to visit. <laughs> and my, my mom, who is the sweetest person on the planet, um, now with Jesus as well, I can remember her saying, Larry, you got to hang that picture somewhere. You got to hang that. Like, where do you put a picture, a, a panoramic picture of the World's Fair with homemade labels and all that? In the shower? No, that's not practical, right? Where do you put that? They're coming. You better come up a place. And my dad found the perfect place to hang that picture. Now, my dad is an ophthalmologist, and I was to make sure, because he may hear this, and I want to make sure you know that an ophthalmologist is not the same as an optometrist. That's very, 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 very important for you to know that. Because ophthalmologists can do surgery. It is a big difference, okay? So he's an ophthalmologist. He had a practice here for years. And he took that picture down, and he hung the picture, the panoramic picture of the World's Fair with homemade labels and all in the room where patients sat after they had their eyes dilated. <laughs> now, some of you aren't laughing like you should because you don't know what happens after you have your eyes dilated. But when you have your eyes dilated, there's a period of time between five minutes and forever where you can't see anything. And you wear these funky glasses that look like eclipse glasses but will burn your retinas if you wear them for an eclipse. That's where he put it. So nobody ever saw it. Genius, right? I mean, dad, score, right? Listen, the point here, besides that, it's a great story. The point is this. Even if you feel like that part in the kingdom, everybody's got a part in the body. You know, I, I used to joke all the time, sometimes I feel like le legitimately I am the armpit of the body of Christ. Like, I, I don't know what part I am, but I think I might be that. And then I start thinking, but, you know, even armpits have a function. If we did not have armpits, you would walk through doors like this. How would you eat? I mean, it's good to be able to, like, you know, a little fulcrum action with the armpits. That's a good thing. Every part has a, a function. Every part has a place. And, and it's not for us to figure that place out. We have a father who is hanging decorations in his house just as he wants them to be. That requires a lot of grace. Listen, let me give you a big idea. Big idea means this. It says this, a lot of, a lot of gifts work best with a lot of grace. A lot of gifts work best with a lot of grace because we're all gifted. When I stand up here and preach, I'm not the only gifted person here today. 
All of us have a gift. And we're all supposed to be using it for the kingdom. And so if we're all using gifts in the same house, we're going to bump up against each other every now and then. We're going to reach way out to hold up that picture, and we're going to then hang it crooked, right? And it's going to have to be fixed around, and grace just requires grace. It's good that God has a lot of that. So as we start to land this series, we've got we to wrap this thing up. Um, I want you to see back at 1 Peter First Peter chapter 2, I want to remind you of the kind of house that we're building. Because I know how our society is, and you've heard me talk for five weeks, and what you thought to yourself is, he's just saying try harder. He's just read the Bible more. You know, just the typical church answer, do more stuff. I want to make sure that you understand the kind of house that's being built. First Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, as you come to him, God, the living stone, to Jesus, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into, and this is the key part, a spiritual house. This is not a physical house. This is not a go to the bookstore and find a self-help book. It's not pick the right Bible reading plan on you version. This is a spiritual house that God is building, which means you can't be a part of this house apart from Jesus Christ. You got to be in the house through Jesus. It takes grace to get in the house, and then it takes grace to stay there, to live there with one another. Man, he's building a spiritual house. It's not a do-it-yourself house. It's it's not a choice to be a better builder. It's the choice to be stones in the hands of a better builder. To trust Him, and you can't make that choice if your heart's not new because of Jesus. The gospel changes that. L listen, one of the things I've loved about this series is the testimonies. Like, have you loved those? I've loved those. Like, every, every week we have a testimony, a video testimony of somebody in our church and their story. And I have come to find that I love those stories. Um, I realized this last night because we were watching Saving um, Mr. Banks. Great movie, by the way. Um, and, again, as I've already lost my man card, I might as well go all in. I love Mary Poppins. I do. Um, I love. I love to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I can't say it well, but what, I love to say that word in my head. It sounds so much better. I, I love to sing. I love. I love. I love it all. I love Mary Poppins. Last night, as we watched the movie Saving Mr. Banks, we learned the story behind Mary Poppins, and I was just mesmerized. I loved it. It's like, oh my God, what a story! What a, and it just made me appreciate the story even more. You know what you guys are? Your testimonies are the story behind the story. You're the, no, you're the story that points to the story behind the story. When people see your lives, they're like, I like that. How did that happen? And then you tell them the story. There's a man named Jesus, and he came, saved me from my sins, went to the cross, resurrected, offered me a new life. He's made me a new creation. And that... Our story just starts, it just makes people fall in love with Jesus that much more. What he wants is, and I'll just use Chase because I'm just picturing you as a picture, you know. Oh, my gosh, like how would I do that? That's unbelievable. If I, if I hung, <laughs> it's not helping. Can we turn the lights up a little more so I can't see? What God wants for Chase is he wants to hang Chase so that people see Chase and go, who? Who made a masterpiece like that? And Chase would be like, 
Jesus. Right? Because he's got that deep radio voice. I'd be like, Jesus. <laughs> and that's why I'm in the room after you get your eyes dilated, right? <laughs> so anyway, as I show you, we got one last story to show you. And, and I want to say this, and then we'll wrap it up. Every story that we've shown has been amazing. But I believe that we've saved the best for last. And so I want you to watch one of the screens and enjoy. First Corinthians chapter 12. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while the presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. The reason why that testimony became my favorite is because of the part that I couldn't show you. You rocked it too, by the way. Good job. Because we, we all met one night to shoot all the videos, and, um, and I was outside with Lainey and her mom, and I was telling her, like asking her the questions before we did the video so she could be prepared, you know, for answers. But we thought that was nice of us, <laughs> give them some kind of heads up. And so I was asking Lainey the same questions that we had asked everybody else. You know, describe your life before you met Jesus. Um, what, what was life like before Jesus, and, and how did you meet Jesus? And so I asked her. So, Lainey, what, you know, what was your life like before you met Jesus? And she just smiled at me like that, and she didn't say anything. And it was kind of, like, awkward, and I just didn't know what to say and tried to rephrase the question, and her mom stopped me. Her mom said, Pastor, Lainey doesn't know what it's like to live apart from Jesus. I thought, like, who has the special needs? We do. We do. I wanted to put on Facebook last night. I'm trying to be better about filtering. I'm probably just going to throw the filter away and just do it anyway. But I, I wanted to put on, the, on there last night that today was a day that I wanted the whole city to come to the gathering. Because today was a day when the, the city would see that we're a church for everyone. Even though that means we're probably not going to be a church for everyone. Because I don't know that everyone wants this. I wish they did. And I love all of you. But I want... I want Laney. I want my brother. I want Gavin. I want people that are just broken and hurting. And she's not broken and hurting. I want people that nobody else wants. Because that's the gospel. And some people are content to go to church with people that look just like them. I, 
I don't. I don't want to go to church with ugly people. <laughs> I want to go to church with people that don't look like me, that aren't like me. Because that's how you get a house that's fun to live in. Because nobody looks the same as everybody else. And it might mean that some people don't come here. And it might mean that you don't come back. But that's the church I see. Where everybody has a place. And the reason why that's so hard for so many of us, myself included, is because we're convinced that we've got it all together. And you're in a church that wants you to know that you don't have it all together. I mean, I'm going to tell you every Sunday, you're lying to yourself, right? If you had it all together, you would not need Jesus. But we do need Jesus, right? And every one of you has a place to be hung in a house. And what I love about the gospel is that, you know, there are people in our society that church just, churches just don't want. And the reason why that's so anti-gospel, and I will wrap this up. I know I could talk all day long about because this is my, one of my walls. This is one of my passions is when, the, when Jesus walked the planet, there were three classes of people that were lower than garbage. Children, women, and slaves. Let the children come to me. Pretty strong. Jesus, his first miracle was at a wedding for a mother, woman, and he came to set slaves free. The gospel gives value to the people that the world throws away. And so when we read that, that scripture, it says, you know, the, the parts that are deemed weaker, he gives more honor. You know what that means? It means that when God's decorating the house at the gathering, the picture that's going to go over the couch or over the fireplace, whatever the prominent space is that you put your picture, is Laney. It's her picture. It's her story. There's a place for mine as well and for yours. But that's, he's taking the ones that, man, everybody was like, I, I don't know what to do with that. He's like, I, I know. I'm putting Paul in a room where they, the eye people go, but I got a spot for Laney's story. And I want a church full of that. And I want you to want that too. That's the house that he's building. That's what's under construction. And if we'll let him give us a lot of grace, we'll be able to use a lot of gifts, and this place will be off the charts awesome. It already is. It'll just be even like another level, right? Just another level. Can I pray for you before we get out of here? I know it's been a long time. So, Father, uh, thank you so much for um, this house. Man, I, I, have, I have waited my whole life, God, to be a part of something like this. And, and I just thank you for your grace. It's nothing that we're doing. I'm not a good enough speaker for this. It's, there's so many better people. But, God, we just want to be willing we just want to be the people that say, hang me wherever you want to hang me. I am just happy to be in the house. 
I think the way David said it was, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Like, just hang me wherever you want. Just hang me in the house. God, I believe that as you use our lives to decorate your house, what's going to happen is people in the world, they're going to see it, and they're going to have the same reaction that we all have whenever Fixer Upper does the reveal. And we like, how did they do that? How did they make that bad house look like that? And and it's just going to give us the chance to share about Jesus, to share about the gospel. Because that's the only way this house gets built. Just before we leave today, if you're here and you've never decided to follow Jesus, like I don't even know half of what you've been talking about, Paul, but what, what you've, you're talking about something I do not have. I don't have a walk with Jesus like that. And I want that. If you're here, I would love to pray with you. Is that, it's just raise your hand and say, that's me. I would love to make a decision today to follow Jesus Christ. Anybody here today, I want to give you that chance before we wrap this up. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Father, just right now, um, we're praying for that person that raised their hand. And I just thank you, God, that you are always in the business of inviting people into the house. And so we want to say thank you. That today, God, your house has a new member because of what Jesus did on the cross. God, we pray that you would always continue to expand this house here at the gathering and in, in, in Albemarle through other churches, God, um, just do your thing. Grow your kingdom, God. And I pray that when it's all said and done, man, our house would be decorated by you. It'd be full of gifts. I mean, full. I look around this room, there are so many people here that are gifted, God. I'm praying that you use them in your kingdom. And God, that we would just ooze grace. I mean, just ooze it everywhere. Not that we wouldn't have issues and struggles, but that it would just be covered in grace. We ask you to do those things, God, in your name, Jesus. Amen.